Hello and welcome to Fatima Today. This show is produced by the World Apostle of Fatima USA, Our Lady's Blue Army, and brings topics to you, our viewers, related to the events in the world today. We live in tumultuous times when logic seems to have disappeared and uncertainty hangs over us. Our hope on these programs is to address the issues of the day and find solutions through adherence to the laws of God, especially through the message of Fatima. We ask that you subscribe to this podcast. The month of November is dedicated to those who have preceded us in death. On November 1st, we honor all saints, those who have been raised to the altar. On November 2nd, we remember all souls who've died, many remembered and many not. It is on this day and throughout the month that we pray especially for those in purgatory who need our assistance. It is a proper practice to, to remember and pray for the holy souls every day. My guest today is someone who knows much about the holy souls who have passed from this life in God's grace, but are experiencing a period of cleansing before entering the presence of God. Susan Tassoni is the author of nine books on purgatory and is rightly referred to as the Purgatory Lady. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, David. Happy Month of the Souls. Glad yeah. to be with you. Great to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, um, yeah, it, it is a special time. You know, I mean, the, uh, I mean, you know, it's a holy and wholesome thing to pray for the dead, right? And I think we, in our, our world today, which lacks, I think, charity, generally speaking, uh, we we don't think about that. We, we, there are too many. I, I had a, a, a priest, a bishop, actually a cardinal say to me, he said, he said well, he goes, I just went to another canonization the other day. You know, the point is, you know, I mean, and, and we should, you know, we should be happy for people, we should pray for people. And you want an upbeat thing at a funeral. But he says, we don't talk about purgatory anymore. And I thought that was pretty telling. <laughs> it, very telling because, uh, I, you know, I get squeamish because that's all you hear at funerals is that they're with God, they're enjoying heaven. And, um, you know, you know, practically speaking, you have to be totally pure uh, to stand before God. You have to be, you know, um, no stain of sin, you know, remains on your soul. It has to be completely, you know, uh, pure. And that what, what wipes that away? The stain is our indulgences. Um, and we don't know if that soul is, the soul is, their will was perfectly lined up with, with God's will. We don't know that. So as you said, we canonize everyone and then we leave off too soon our prayers, especially for priests, consecrated religious, our sure. relatives, and, and look at the our Protestant brothers and sisters, David. They don't pray for their dead at all. So um, we have to we have to keep that in mind. And and let's say this, David. Uh, I talk about this a lot. Um, what if they're already in heaven? What if our we prayed for that that mother or father for forty years? Uh, where do the prayers go? Well, a lot of people you hear the comments saying, "Well, God applies those prayers to someone else," but it's much bigger, David, than that. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas calls it accidental glory. If a soul is already in heaven and you've been praying for them for years, that soul gets two things. It gets an increase in its intimacy with God and it gets an increase in its intercessory power, which is in the Catechism 958. So the lesson is never stop praying for your dead because their intercessory power can help you throughout life. And they're the ones that are going to try to inspire you and nudge you uh, not because they don't want you to go to this workshop of purgatory. So you're going to get inspirations from those that you prayed for. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, uh, I mean, I always, I, I'm, in our intentions, we, we always say we invite all angels and saints in heaven, 
all guardian angels, all patron saints, and all the poor souls in purgatory to join us in our prayers. I mean, that's I, I learned that years ago. And and I, I think, you know, because the poor souls have intercessory power, I believe, right? <laughs> it's in the catechism. The more you yeah. pray for them, the more you increase that intercessory power for you. Sure. What sure. a deal. Yeah. I mean, and what, you know, I mean, you know, you're praying to someone who's saved that or not knowing who they are necessarily, but they have. And, you know, I was also taught that if you have <laughs> a particular fault that you have trouble overcoming, okay, whatever it might be, that, um, you know, you pray to that soul, don't know who it is, who may have overcome that in life. Okay. You know, help me to do what you did to overcome your weakness that I share and help me to, you know, to make my way into heaven. I mean, and, and, yeah. well said, David, exactly. You want to target your market, if you will, um, for these <laughs> souls. And, and here, this is something I, I discovered, David, out of the 22 years I've been doing research, I saw a pattern here um, with Faustina, with Padre Pio, with family members, um, with, with priests that when this, the souls that are uh, given permission to appear, um, uh, who do they appear to? Well, if you look at the, in the diary of Faustina, the nuns that she lived with, that's who appeared to her. Padre Pio, the monks who were in his monastery, that's who they appeared to. And you hear stories, of, I do all the time, of family members appearing to their loved ones asking for prayers or letting them know they're okay or they're in heaven. So sure. that bond is never broken. It's always somebody that they have bonded with or are related to or lived with. And in, and in a very special way, David, um, our family members, our loved ones that are in purgatory, they take your salvation very seriously. They, uh, they, tr they admonish you. You know, sometimes you, we, my sister had a dream of our brother who had died admonishing her where look at me look at me she he was in purgatory you know she, she he needed her her specific help why he didn't appear to the purgatory lady i don't know but for some reason he went to her maybe she needed to do that so um so they they admonish us they inspire us they take a very serious interest in their loved ones to make sure that you don't go to this workshop of purgatory so we need to um you know we need to adopt their their humility we need to adopt their you know what you know what did they 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 did god's will i mean they they want us to do god's will because that's how you avoid purgatory and they want us to you know uh, have perfect resignation so we need to submit ourselves to our to our loved ones uh to help us avoid purgatory yeah yeah i think that's in, in the whole the whole idea of purgatory it just seems to have been just flushed out of not, not the church necessarily, but yes, I would say the church and society in general, this whole idea that we're, that, I mean, I'm, and again, you know, that everybody goes to heaven. Well, unfortunately, not everybody goes to heaven, you know, <laughs> not everybody's saved. And those that are saved do have a period of purgation. I mean, that that's just who we are. I think, you know, I always like to think of like the transfiguration, okay? And they saw, they saw the glorified Christ and, and of course, Moses, Elijah, and they just, just the, what they witnessed there was just a, a, a touch and an amazing idea of what true sanctification was and what heaven is all about. You know, and I think we have to think, we actually focus on that a little bit because, because what we see, it's, you know, that's brighter than anything that our human eyes on earth can really appreciate and understand. Our darkened eyes, darkened by sin, you know, from original sin and then sin throughout the ages, how it is just, you know, 
like put in that shade, you know, between us and heaven. And, uh, and we don't really understand it. I mean, and, and that's why I think it's hard for people to even understand the concept of purgatory. Uh, yeah, and I have a book out, Day by Day, The Holy Souls. It's one of the most popular books of all the greatest writings on purgatory. And, uh, and from saints, from, from popes, from encyclicals, from poets. Uh, uh, and one of, the, one of the quotes was from St. Teresa of Avila. And she was on her deathbed. In fact, I might, I may, if I don't have it, you have to let me see if I can get to it quickly. Yeah. And here's what she said during, here's what was said during her agony, God allowed St. Teresa of Avila to see his holiness as the angels and the saints see him in heaven, which caused her so much dread that her sisters, seeing her trembling and extraordinarily agitated, spoke to her, weeping, Ah, mother, what has happened to you? Surely you do not fear death after so many penances and such abundant and bitter tears. St. Teresa replied that she did not fear death. Then the sisters continued, well, do you fear your sins or hell? Teresa continued to say no. Then Teresa said, oh, my sisters, it's the holiness of God. My God have pity on me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so again, it's, it's, you know, these are... These are people who are so holy by our standards. <laughs> yeah. Look at what their their fear and their trembling to understand. I mean, uh, I, I think that's that's what it's all. I think we fail to understand how complete and holy God is. It's just beyond our imagination, and and it's not. And certainly, we live in a world with so much distraction that we, you know, our focus, our our frame of reference is this world and its trappings. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, I, I, and I can understand, but you can't, you can't even go on, I can, can't even go on a computer and then my screen pops up and a bunch of different things pop up to take my attention, right? Forget what I'm going on for half the time, you know? <laughs> but exactly. And, and, and I, I call it, yeah. there's even, I, I consider some of these ads soft pornography, David. That well, you're, in you're, a way it is because, yeah, you know, it does, some of these ads and some of these, uh, cele the celebrities and what they wear. Yeah. Right. And those are things just flash in your mind and they stay there. Let's be realistic, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that is, yeah. That, and that's, that's a diabolical tool to, to yes. certainly to make you sin, but also just to distract you from good. Okay. You know, right. you know, there's a road towards sin and it's not, you know, it's not, you go from here and you automatically commit a sin, but you get distracted away from other good things. And wasn't the children of Fatima that said that, you know, the sins against purity was, was, um, was the was but sent most souls to hell, David. Yeah, yeah. Jacinta, Saint Jacinta said that most most souls go to hell for sins of the flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, most that are there. And and it would make sense. I mean, we're such a concupiscent people. We're we're beyond, you know, we don't we don't have even the purest of us is fighting, you know, that 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 thing every day. I mean, because because we live in the flesh and it's big and it's around us and you know and it is difficult. Difficult it, to in fact, David, it, uh, you know, our, our dear, dear friend, Father Apostoli, may he rest in peace. He wrote a, a, a fabulous book called Fatima Today. And he was the one that explained um, uh, explained to us in his book what happened to this young person, Amelia, that, the, that uh, Lucia asked where her soul was. Lucia, their friend Amelia had died. And our lady, so they asked Our Lady where she was, and Our Lady said that she would be in purgatory until the end of the world. And Father Postoli did research and said that what could she have done? Well, Amelia was um, 18 years old at the time, 
from according to what he said and that that she uh it was a sin against purity and he said that she didn't have time to do penance um and so th that's a big message to us you know that you have to do penance and you know uh you know after you go to confession there's still the stain that's removed and she didn't have time so um you know they said that the church at that time offered a lot of masses for her um and a lot of prayers and sacrifices um so so again that just points to what you know that that sin against purity is really serious is she still oh, yeah. in purgatory um there's different levels of purgatory uh we don't know you know it, but it depends on the prayers of the church too to help her so um sure. but that's something to think about because well, that's where yeah. she was yeah well i mean i was one priest said does it mean that she will be in purgatory at the end of time or that she's merited that and we could help her get out of there and that okay would, very well said i, I, I like that answer yeah. it's hard to say you know because sometimes yeah. interpretations aren't 100 percent. yeah well, well i hope that we do help her yeah oh, yeah for her and for everybody because if an 18 year old girl <laughs> Think about the rest of us who've lived many more years. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and true. I mean, there is, there, of course, you know, you know, one plenary indulgence can re remove all of it, and that's true. Um, although, you know, you got to have perfect, uh, you know, real purpose of amendment, and that's not as easy as people think. Are you willing to separate yourself from all the things in life that brought you to that sin? And so, there's a lot more to it than just saying, "Well, I'm clean now." I'm, and you know, and I'm not diminishing it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, whenever there's a holy door. The holy years and that i go in and out that door as much as i can every day <laughs> so, did, so did, we had a holy door here in chicago for mother cabrini oh, i yeah. was in and out as much as i can you know yeah, to yeah. get that special indulgence yeah, and sure. there'll be another holy year in 2025 i believe i forget what it's called but i just read about that there's another oh, holy no. year coming in 2025 yeah we had them uh, here at the army shrine we had one for uh very very fortunate the bishop uh uh, granted us a holy door in 2016, which was for the year of mercy, if you recall. Oh, yeah. And then the next year, um, they granted it for this shrine again because of the anniversary of Fatima, 2017. So we had oh. two years in a row, we had a holy door. And uh, I kept telling, I kept just close the rest of the doors and everybody go through that. Yes, <laughs> I wish they would do that because a lot of people don't even know what it they don't is. Know. It's you all decorated explain. and they yeah. tend to go to the center door. I like that idea. They should make all people go through that and come out that door. Yeah. This well, that was at, at Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago, where they had. Yes. The I think I remember they had it on the left side. Yes. And I don't know how many. So many people just didn't even realize. They didn't even it realize it was. It was. I, I. I would see it. In fact, I would go up there and I would tell people walk through this door. You know, yeah. they yeah. should have kept it in a bulletin all year long. But yeah. you know, we're not. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in sales. We're not in management. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right, right, right. We're just we're supposed to do the dirty work, not the not yes, the, yes, not the brain work, you know. <laughs> but but it is true, and I think that's that's really the, the kind of the essence of it. I mean, I, I and I and your books. I mean, and of course, you I've interviewed you. I think most every book you've written, and it's been it's been great. We're a long it's time. It's been forever. wonderful. Yeah, we're happy. You know, and 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 we have um, your books really bring it down to a level. I mean, you know, in particular, you talk about it's the series on Saint Faustina. Okay. And oh, yes. Mercy. And of course, divine mercy, uh, the, the, the apparitions and the, the, the divine mercy has been the continuation of Fatima, as I see it. I mean, because look, the last the last apparition of Fatima happened when in 1929, when Our Lady came to Sister Lucia. 
and called for the consecration of Russia. Okay, that was in 1929. It was two years later that now we have, we start getting these messages from St. Faustina, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think they're very much tied in with the Fatima message and a continuation of God's call for mercy for us. That's what Fatima was, you know. And, uh, she had a great devotion to the souls in purgatory. Uh, she, she saw them. Uh, they said, were they happy? And they responded that their uh, greatest happiness was doing the will of God. So yeah. there's no rebellion in purgatory. They choose to be there. They don't want to leave one second before if there's any stain that's on their soul. Um, right. And uh, she, there was one other thing she asked them. Um, uh, oh, I don't remember. But that, that's the, that was the main point was that they're happy and that they, even though they suffer um, and, and they, they want, they want us to also that's the way you avoid purgatory is doing the will of god in all things yeah her uh, the guardian angel took her to purgatory and she and that's where she had this conversation with them yeah yeah it's so amazing i mean when you when you think about it, so re- how removed we are from that reality you know um i mean you know, why is that now, of course this time of year here we are we're, we're no we're on november now we're coming into advent you know, another two weeks or week and a half whatever and then um and then of course christmas you know Christmas is very special for the holy souls too. And yes. what, is, what is, can you explain a little bit more about why? Yes, indeed. Um, you know what? You just reminded me back with Faustina. I remembered what the second thing was um, uh, that they, um, that uh, they, they come in, that our lady comes to re- comes down to visit them and refreshes them and that they call her the star of the sea. And, and uh, again, thanks to father Apostoli. He, I, not, what did that mean? Well, you 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 would know this, David, being a pilot, um, you know, and a navigator. That there's a north star called Polaris, and that's that's the star that um, sailors navigate, you know, their direction. Um, uh, and so it's a steering star, and so this star of the sea is referred to Our Lady as the steering star toward her son. Yeah. always directing us to her son so that's where you know that's where we get that's where she gets her title uh, uh the star of the sea so uh keep keep that in mind because she's ga- she's safely guiding us to her son um so that's just another beautiful title now christmas um why is why is christmas so important because um a lot of people think that all souls day is when most souls re- are released on purgatory there's a tremendous infinite number of souls that are released but the majority of souls, the big, you know, the big exodus is at Christmas. And that's from St. Uh, Teresa of Avila and Alphonsus Liguori through their revelations. And there's another private revelation where a lady appeared and said, you know, agreed, yes, not agreed, but also commented that Christmas is, is the day. So really November 2nd, November is the whole month is dedicated to them. And, and it's just a kickoff to get them home for Christmas. Um, you know, yeah. we want we want their desire to be our desire. And what's their desire? To the beatific vision, to be with God. What's our desire during Christmas? To be with our loved ones, to be bonded with them, to be together with them. And, you know, um, uh, this is, uh, this is I don't have the brochure, but uh, one of the rectors, oh, oh, you would know him. We went together. We went to Borromeo uh seminary where father mark lakovich okay, invited yeah. both of us to speak to the whole faculty and all the seminarians yes that, yeah. he he told me that there's a brochure that um that cardinal ratzinger wrote before he was a uh, pope at the time on heaven and he said that cardinal ratzinger referred to heaven as a reunion 
it's a big yeah. reunion. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, that's exactly my vision of, you know, uh, of what I think too. And so this is what this is. It's a reunion. You know, they want to be home. We want to be home. Um, they rely on us to get them there because David, their merit is over. They can't, um, they can't help themselves. They're totally helpless in purgatory because of the, once the soul leaves the body, they're no longer able to merit. They pay off a debt for whatever reason, God has given us the power and the privilege to release them. He basically says, I put it in your hands. Um, so we have, we have this great honor and duty uh, to release them. And Christmas is the greatest time to where most souls are released. And that's where that the revelations come from. Um, it's, it's the birth of Jesus. So we want to take them home for Christmas. We want to go through um, Advent and include them in our, in our sacrifices because Advent is like a mini Lent, right, David? It's really, there's purple, you know, we wear the purple and we wear the rose. Uh, I believe we do is that Lent, we wear the rose color in Advent. Maybe, I don't know, I'm getting it confused, but you know what I'm saying. So, so Christmas is a very critical thing. In fact, I want to add this, um, um, that Christmas day is, it's a vigil. Is that, no, no, what do you call that? Um, every day is, uh, oh, David, why is my mind going blank? Every day is... Uh, is is Christmas Day? Right. So, of course. Well, Christmas begins then, and, and it's Christmas for. It, the oh, day it's an active. It's an active. Yeah, an active. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. active. What does that mean? That means we celebrate Christmas every day. So it's Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day for eight days. Right. So I realized, oh my gosh, you can continue to gain your indulgence of yeah. go to the cemetery, receive communion, offer that up to the souls for eight days because it's Christmas every day. So we could. Yeah. We could we could empty purgatory out, David. Well, and you know, and here's, that's part of the secularization of our society, which really, to be honest with you, drives me so nuts. Why I don't really enjoy the holidays anymore because they're so secularized. I, I know people who rip down their Christmas tree on, on the day after Christmas. Okay? Yes, you, you the see them in the alleys, starts. David. Yeah, that's when it starts. You know, yeah. and, and uh, I guess maybe you know in this country particularly, and I don't even think it's it's not even promoted properly even in our churches about how Christmas goes on in some cases, not all. And they, um, they subtly yeah. mention it that they don't yeah, really yeah. drive it home that you realize that this is for eight days. Yeah. Well there's yeah. really twelve. It goes to January first. Well being being married to someone who's European born. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that kind of reminded me a little more about it because in their family, this is this is when it starts, you know. And I and I agree with that. I mean, you know, you don't uh, uh we always did. My 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 parents always they never, they never ended Christmas on, you know, the 26th. I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, I mean, I, I always found that period after Christmas to be more enjoyable. Yes. Okay. Family you were know. coming over. Well, yeah, that week we, before between Christmas and New Year's. I mean, even from a social standpoint. Yes. It has a lot to it. A lot of people, especially you arrange your, your vacations typically if you can. And so you, you have some time off and you do a lot. Of, and it's nice. I mean, but, but, it, but the real meaning is that you remain in the Christmas spirit and i'm yes. i mean the spirit you know in, in god yeah, and you're and you're yeah and you and you are and, and you're there um i mean i can see why christmas would be so efficacious for the holy souls also i understand birthdays correct the birthday of, of, of a soul is is supposed to be a, a you know a time of many release i've always been told that yes or, or yes the death the day of death the day that you're born into eternal life I oh don't yes yes right yeah, Very well. In, in fact, David, um, if you don't mind me mentioning this, 
um, it's so important. You know, Jeanette Bankovic had you on her show, Women yeah. in Grace. You always do a wonderful job on EWTN and great programming from, yeah. from the Shrine in Portugal. She had you on the air. Um, we're doing a, an evening, you know, right. you know, ushering the souls home for Christmas. I want to ask you about that. Yeah, that's yeah, great. This Friday um, at uh, 7 o'clock, I believe, Eastern. No, no, I'm sorry. It would yeah, be 8, 830, I think is what I there had. There you go. Yeah, yeah Eastern. December 18th, 830 Eastern time, correct? Eastern time. Yeah. And we're doing, you know, we're ushering the souls into purgatory. And I'm giving um, two real extensive talks about Christmas, about about angels, about um, yeah. the uh, Our Lady, the souls, yeah. the saints. Uh, it's going to be really good. So I hope, you know, go to womenofgrace.com and join us if you like. Yeah. But you're going to get everything you want to know about helping those souls home for Christmas. And these are your loved ones. Oh, you know, actually, when we think of the souls, David, it's not this third party. It's our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, our aunts, our uncles, our doctors, our lawyers right. that were that were in the in the fabric of our lives. Yeah. That's who they are. And if you and want to give somebody a gift for Christmas, I don't need anything. I don't need another thing that I already have. Okay. Only <laughs> spiritually. That's what I would want. If I were to die, pray for me, you know. I yes. always I have a cousin who's a priest and we laugh all the time. And I tell him and he does a lot of Gregorian masses, which I want to talk about a little bit. And uh, I just said, look, just do me a favor. You've got to live 30 days more than I do. Cause you're I love it. I love it. I love days. it. <laughs> so, he says, well, I'll do what he said. You know? Yes, you, yeah. you nailed it. What do they need? What is the most important thing they need? They need the body and blood of Jesus. So Christmas day offer a lot of people. I wonder how many people go to mass and don't think of offering their communion and indulgence for a soul or for the souls mm -hmm. or one of your deceased loved ones. You can offer it for yourself not for anyone else, but for your deceased loved ones, you know, do that for Christmas for eight days, give them. And what do you get? You know, you know, this corporate word uh, with them, what's in it for me? You know, I've learned that when we're in the corporate world, what, what's the value, you know, what do we get out of this product? Well, I'll tell you what you get. You give them paradise. You give them the beatific vision and their joy, their gratitude is in proportion to their joy, which is immense. And they become they can pray for you while you're in purgatory. And they also at the throne of God, the first thing they do is they intercede for you all the days of your life until you're safely home in heaven. They become your dearest friends forever. The guardian angel also is involved. They, they do more than take you home. They, they do more than provide transportation to heaven, David. They, yeah. they, they're the ones that inform the souls in purgatory who's praying for them. So they know who you are and they start interceding and they inspire us the names that pop into your head uh, to pray for the souls and they console the souls in purgatory. And then when their time of release, uh, you know, is ended, they escort them to heaven. And there's a, uh, there's like a, a, you know, a reception line of all these angels cheering you on so that your entry into heaven is a triumphant one. Yeah. Yes. No, very, very true. And I, I, I think that's what we, we have to understand, you know, the, 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 the whole concept of purgatory also, I think, helps us to understand the gravity of imperfection and sin. Okay. Yes. See, we don't, we don't have that in our psyche anymore. You know, we don't have the, uh, the hellfire and brimstone. You get, <laughs> there's a little bit of it out there, but, but there's not, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not, I, I know leaving a lot of priests that, well, you know, I don't want to scare people up. No, you should scare them, scare them crazy. Okay. <laughs> because not scare them off. But have them understand that, you know, look, it is not, you know, the road to heaven is a rocky one. Okay. It's not a paved boulevard. And, and you have to understand that we have to offer ourselves 
and, and, you know, and live in according to live according to God is not an easy thing to do, especially in a world like this. It, it's just not Fatima message. I mean, what is the message of Fatima to work for the salvation of soul? Okay. And I remember one person said, well, we have to concentrate more on the living because, because, you know, uh, we got to get them to be saved and not worry as much about the Holy soul. So I think you got to worry about, I think you got to go the whole thing because conversion is something that goes through life and obviously continues in purgatory. Doesn't exactly. You're not perfected. Exactly. And I don't think many of us will enter directly into heaven. There are martyrs and there are extremely, you know, holy souls, I'm sure. But I think, you know, I think virtually all of us are going to take a little. You're right. I, and all the great there. saints, everything I've read, we're, we're probably going to do some purgatory time. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it, that's exactly right. Uh, and we don't understand the malice of sin. And that's why the souls are there to help intercede, especially right. the loved ones, to understand the malice of sin. What is sin? You know, it's the opposite of the Ten Commandments. And we've right. got, you know, well, I don't sin. Well, how do you respond when you come out of church and you're blocked by cars? How do you how do you handle, you know, how do you make a person feel? Do they want to get closer to you or further apart? What right. you know, what kind of comments do you make throughout the day? What kind of slights? Exactly. You know, all these little things are sinful, these venial sins, you know, your attitude, your sarcasm. Those people don't think about their behavior. It's right. your behavior. How do you handle the bus driver or somebody, you know, the cashier in the store? You know, are you are you in a cranky mood? Do you take it out on someone? Those are the kinds of venial sins that we're talking about. And yeah. sacrifices, I, I just, I always think about the Fatima kids. So what, you know, they offered sacrifice, heroic sacrifice. Well, oh you think, well, what does a, what do seven-year-olds and, you know, 10-year-olds, how do they offer heroic sacrifices? Well, I did the research, David, and it's not what you think, this thing that's out of our reach. They gave their grapes to the people, the children along the road. They uh, they gave up their lunches. Right. They, they didn't drink water on a hot day. Those were the sacrifices. It's nothing that's outside of our reach that a six-year-old and a seven-year-old um, right. can't do, which what they did, and yeah. they beca they became saints because of these. These were the heroic sacrifices that any six-year-old or seven-year-old can do. Yeah. Well, how many times you know you don't realize how you 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 influence people? Okay, I mean, you know, absolutely, you're, you're an or you're a known author. Okay, you know, and, and the work I do, and you know, I do writings, and and I can't tell you the number of times people said, you know, what you wrote about this, maybe, yes. or yes. how it, you know, and and, and I, I don't want to take credit for it. I mean, that comes from God. Okay, if there's an inspiration, you're the instrument, David. You're the instrument. But but it shows you how the littlest thing you do can. You don't know how it's going to influence somebody. Oh, and also, you know, the evil that we do. How does it influence somebody? How does it influence a young person? Perhaps. Oh my God, you know, think about that. Uh, those are those are stories. one discouraging word to, to like yeah. a teenager that right. could just you know that could just or a child oh lord i get upset when you know you have to be kind and merciful and graceful because that's what you want but you're you're affecting the world because that they can turn around and become agitated and pass that on yeah. those are sins those are the things you have to be careful of yeah yeah david you talked about gregorian masses i don't ever want to i don't want to skip that so do we have time to cover what they are yeah, I, please, yeah, these are something. Gregorian yeah, Gregorian masses. Put them in your will. Um, yeah. I, I, you may have a place to send Gregorian masses. I always talk about the Pious Union of St. Joseph in Grass Lake, Michigan. There, there might be something that you you arrange at the shrine. But there are thirty masses in a row for one to see soul that was popularized by Pope Saint Gregory. He yeah. had thirty masses offered for a monk named Justice in his monastery. And after right. the thirtieth mass, 
Justice appeared to Pope St. Gregory and to his brother. He had a brother named Copiosis who was taking care of him during his final illness because he was a doctor. He appeared to both of them and said that that he was released from purgatory. Now, two things. Why 30 masses? And was he what you know, can we does that mean that after 30 masses we can be released? Well, first of all, the church doesn't go that far to say at the 30th mass, you're released from purgatory. It points to the efficacy and the power of the masses. So put them in your will. Why 30 days? Why not 31? You know, why not 42? Well, it goes back to the old testament that um pope saint gregory wanted to you know wanted to bring back the tradition that moses and aaron and jacob mourned for their dead for 30 days and he was bringing that tradition back from the old testament that's how they mourn their dead uh bringing that forward again and, and re you know reintroducing that and and what i also learned david is that what these 30 days how did moses and is moses and aaron and jacob and and the israelites mourn they did works of charity, I read. Right. That was their definition of mourning. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Acts of charity. That's what it's about. What is prayer? Prayer is charity. I mean, yes. you know, I, I always say that, you know, you have the, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, right? Faith will not exist this... in the next life. Okay. Hope right. will not exist. If you have faith, you'll see everything in front of you. Hope, you'll either have, have, have gained or lost everything you ever hoped for at that point. But charity will go on through eternity. And I you nailed it. That's what it's about. It's charity. I, the, the Fatima message is about charity, a charity towards soul to bring them to obviously to salvation and then carry them on because those are your advocates are going to help you in your mission and what we do, for example, here. And I, I, I just think that's so very, very important. And the Gregorian masses, yeah, they're, they're, they're very special. They really are very special. powerful. Yeah. Um, I, those faith, hope and charity, I call them the soul virtues because that's what Jesus is looking for to come to heaven. Those people mm -hmm. that practice those virtues, those are the people that he wants in heaven with us. Sure. And if we become, you know, if we don't take this seriously, because we're all given a mission, David, every single person has a mission from God. He created us for a specific mission. And right. if we don't, you know, pay attention or we dismiss it or go to plan B or divert, um, then, then you're in a real precarious position at the end of your life. And right. whose fault is that? That's not God's fault. That's your fault. So you really need to pay attention. Um, you know, it, it, we're lucky we have purgatory because it's his mercy. It's a healing. It's oh, not, sure. he's not lowering the boom on us. He's not trying to get even with us. He's trying to fix what you, what was broken, what you didn't, you know, you, the graces that he gave you that di you didn't follow through. He's trying to put the pieces back together. So you're able to stand before him uh, in, you know, before his all, all holiness is all justice is all purity. Uh, he's just trying to help you get back, put the pieces back together. Yeah. That's a God of mercy. And that's what purgatory is. It's a healing purgatory. It's a loving purgatory. It's not a purgatory of punishment. Right. Right. Well, Susan, that really is. I mean, uh, obviously, our time goes fast when we get together on something like this, but but it's a fact. I mean, I, and, and I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm so happy you're able to come today and talk about, you know, this beautiful month of November, about this, you know, purgatory and about what it means and and our devotion to the souls. Because, again, you know, it, it's a Fatima message to work for the salvation of souls. We have to work to get souls all the way to heaven. Okay. Because these are our advocates. These are the ones who give us the grace and the help we need to fulfill these missions here. You know, so anyway. So we need those intercessors. 
You bet. You really do. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here today, Susan. Oh, and, uh, it was a pleasure, David. Have a it, wonderful it, it, trip to Portugal. You've got a 30 some, 38 pilgrims yeah, going to Portugal. Yeah, get some souls out of out of there while you there. We go. We got to keep working at it, you know. So yeah. I, I thank everybody for listening to this podcast, and we ask that you subscribe to it. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, David.